You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. When we go to gamble, we go to lose. Even when we win, it's just a matter of time before we give it all back. This is the Bet Slippin' Podcast from USA Today Sportsbook Wire. I bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. No way. I mean, it's the gambling business. Occasionally get punched in the face. You're listening to the Bet Slippin' Podcast. I'm shocked, shocked to find that gambling is going on in here. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back, Bet Slippin' listeners. We're here for another fun episode of the Bet Slippin' Podcast. So week two was an interesting one. We had a lot of fun games to really take in. Um, to recap the week two bets I gave out real quick, we gave out Ravens minus three and a half, Saints plus three and a half, Titans plus 10, Cowboys, Bengals under, Saints, Bucks under. And I mean, it feels like I just need to stick to the unders because my sides, Titans got crushed. That was pretty pathetic. And then the Saints, that was kind of a kind of a rough game. Honestly, I gave that out. You didn't know if Kamara was going to play. He was kind of a late scratch. So that was kind of a, a bummer there. I, I didn't play that one in the end because of that. So I hope everyone does their own, own due diligence closer to game time than the Wednesday podcast is all I'm going to give out. But I still like these picks. And then Ravens minus three and a half. Man, man, that was a heartbreaker. And Jeff actually came onto the show last week. And I was really wanting to be like, hey, Jeff. You suck because he gave out Dolphins. So uh, that was a tough one here. But I am pleased to welcome Prince. I believe it's Prince Grimes. He's uh, for with uh, for the win, which is a USA Today on site as well. So uh, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right, Nathan. I'm listening to your picks and you're not alone, man. I'm over here looking my wounds from last week. So we'll, we'll get back on track here. <laughs> yeah, some things aren't always as easy as it seems. So uh I guess I, you, you know, it's a sports betting world. Carry on. We just got to carry on. That's it. And, you know, I was listening. By the way, Jeff, you said you had him on last week. Was he the one? He, was he the Giants fan? He said the Giants were going to beat the shit out of the Panthers. Was that him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a Giants fan. He was also, uh, yeah. So he, he's kind of happy about life these days. But what are they? They're one and one now. Did they win? They're, they're, they're two and oh. They did win. They didn't beat the shit out of the Panthers. But. I'm, I'm happy to say that uh, you have a Giants fan two weeks in a row here. So um, they got a tough one against the Cowboys coming up. Yes, sir. Let me, uh, as Jeff would say, I like to take some things from the uh, when he was with my co-host too. So let me let me pay the bills, as you'd say. So our odds provider for this show is Typico Sportsbook. Typico Sportsbook is a leading global betting is a global betting leader and is now live in New Jersey and Colorado. You can make your favorite sports more interesting with Tipco's fast and easy mobile sports book. New users from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Terms and conditions apply. You obviously have to be 21 plus, so see the site for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER for New Jersey and 1-800-522-4700 for Colorado. Get your bonus today at usa.com slash podcast. That's USA.com bet slash podcast. All right, Prince. So before we kick off, we got a couple games to get into. Before we kick off, tell tell our listeners where, where they can find you. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at PG Prince J 
at bet for the win um on on the usa today network as nathan said you know writing about sports betting um but all of my socials are the same instagram as well pg prince j yeah so let's get uh let's get him some follows he's a he's a great follow and i'm glad he came on the podcast so we're gonna do things a little bit different this weekend as uh I'm sure most of you are where we usually go game by game. Uh, I kind of talked with Prince before this and it seemed like we weren't, we didn't want to break down all 16 games. It was more, we would rather give listeners a good deep dive into, I believe we have six on the docket. The Sunday night, Monday night football games aren't too great, but we do have the Thursday night football game, which is an AFC North battle between Pittsburgh and Cleveland on the docket. So we'll have timestamps below and we'll kind of try to help you. If you have a game you would like to uh, listen to, so without further ado, let's get into a uh, Cleveland Pittsburgh, and this this could be an ugly one, right, Prince? Oh, it's definitely gonna be an ugly one. I, Pittsburgh has looked awful through two weeks. They're lucky to be one and one. They should be zero and two. Then the Browns, you know, uh, an ugly one against the Jets that they, you know, could have won, ended up losing in the end. They could be two and zero, but they haven't looked good doing it. Yeah, no, no, and uh, my Bengals. So I don't know um, where are you from. Are you a do you have a, do you have a team? I'm a Giants fan. Um, oh, oh, New, nice. New York, so you're sitting pretty. Yeah, New York Giants fan. You know, that's that's the team I pulled for. But I'm actually from the DMV area. So uh, heavy Washington commanders influence around here that I try to avoid. All right. Well, you t- hey, they they didn't look too bad. So uh, I this 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 goes into this game. I am a Bengals fan. I born and raised Cincinnati. So uh, that week one was pretty tough. I personally, I don't think Pittsburgh's very good this year. And why I don't think Pittsburgh's very good is because when it comes down to it, I don't know who's going to score for them. Najee Harris is a beast. I, I love everything I've seen from Najee Harris, like on the field. And I've seen him talk off the field. He seems like a great guy. But love without TJ Watt, it's going to be more difficult for them to three and out teams. As we saw against New England, they were able to extend possessions a little longer. And without that one bomb to Nelson Aguilar, New England really had nothing going for them because the Pittsburgh defense is firm. I mean, Mike Tomlin is a hell of a coach. He might be the best coach in the league. So this past Sunday kind of showed that Najee Harris can't do it alone. And teams are going to make Mitchell Trubisky beat them. And Mitchell Trubisky isn't going to beat them. So they've yet to eclipse 100 rushing yards in a game. And Trubisky's yet to throw for over 200. So the Browns put up 30 on the Jets in a week two loss, but they did their damage on the ground and they totaled over 150 yards. And you know, that's what you're going to get with the Browns. You're going to get Chubb doing his thing. And that's where Mike Tomlin thrives. I mean, Cameron Hayward's going to eat up the middle. They still have a solid defense, even without Watt. They may not be able to get the pressure, but they still have a solid defense. And Jacoby Brissett's not going to beat you. Now, Cleveland is 2-0 on the over-under, while Pittsburgh's 0-2. Something has to give, and I really think the Pittsburgh defense is going to hold up. And quite frankly, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So one of my better bets I like is uh, Steelers, Browns under 40.5. And I think there might be some like weird trend. I, I should have looked this up. I didn't. But I think there's some crazy trend about Thursday night footballs and unders. Um, yeah, I don't know what that number is. I, I know the last Thursday game between the Chiefs and Chargers definitely hit the under. I was over that. I was on, on that one. Um, I couldn't agree with you more. I like the under in this one. I think, uh, you mentioned Pittsburgh's defense, you know, being pretty solid, even with the loss of TJ Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick has been a beast. Um, they haven't really, you know, the Bengals kind of crapped the bed there in that, in that opener. I think the Bengals are better than they showed there, but Pittsburgh's defense, has something to do with that. And then, you know, obviously New England is not good, so it's hard to get a read there. Um, but 
Cleveland's defense is pretty solid. I know the Jets did a little something against them, you know, uh, this last game, but um, Joe Flacco, you know, for all of the flack that he takes, he's a much better quarterback than Mitchell Trubisky. Um, I don't see Mitch going out there and just lighting the Browns up. I, I like the under in this one. I think the Browns try to run the ball, so that's going to eat up a lot of clock um, with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And um, and now, did you did you mention the line in that one? Did, did you have that at minus five? Oh. You know, I should have put that. Um, I should be saying that early on. I usually remember to. So the line is Browns minus five and a half. The over under has actually dropped since I wrote it down to 38 and a half. So that probably means there's some heavy action on the under there. Um, so it's 38 and a half. The money line is Browns minus 240 Steelers plus 200. Were you uh, were you feeling one of those lines? Were you feeling five and a half either way? Yeah, I I I I'd lean Pittsburgh. I I lean Pittsburgh. It's a division game. We're already talking about a low scoring game that we're we're looking at the under here. Um I just think it's going to be a close game. It's going to be an ugly game and and uh you know Pittsburgh is one and I think they're 1-0 oh and 1 against the spread actually. I think they pushed uh, uh one of those games. So, um you know, I I think I think this this still is covered. You know, I was actually looking this up the other day but it was how many of those games were close so the Steelers have won three of the last five and two of the last five have ended within the five point margin so it, it's even like hey if you're not even going to cover you even if you're not going to win you can still cover type territory and five and a half it does seem like a big number especially when you think on the other side of the ball you have Jacoby Brissett and unless you trust Jacoby Brissett I think I'm more in the avenue of trusting Mitchell Trubisky here, which is crazy to say. Yeah, I mean, at, at, at five points, that's that's actually feels kind of large to give Jacoby Brissett. I don't I don't feel and, good about that at all. You you look at the the first four games between these two teams that you know this season, uh, none of them have finished with a margin bigger than three. I don't believe. I think collectively the teams are like plus one between their four games. So uh, they play tight games. They haven't played anyone good really yet, and neither one of them are good. No no one's getting blown out of here. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. So I'm on the, I, I think I'm still going to be on the under 40.5 to 38.5 is a pretty large dip. I think, I think that's going to be a, a real public. I don't think there's going to be much, many people on the over, which is kind of concerning as well. And I would like to note a lot of what I do is I do a lot of analysis on like the tickets versus the money versus where it is late in the game. So this, this might be one I end up playing. I'm not going to give it out because that that drop, the 38 and a half, is kind of telling. But uh, that's tough. That's tough. I, I do still like it. I don't. I just don't think I would play the over. And I guess it just comes down to like, where where's Cleveland going to score from? If it's not, is Jacoby Brissett going to beat you? If it's not, I mean, Joe Flacco threw four touchdowns. So what can Mitchell Trubisky do? There's there's so much in Cleveland that I'm unsure about, and on the opposite side, there's so much in Pittsburgh. And although Najee Harris hasn't lit it up yet. I mean, he's due for one. He's he's going to be a superstar, so he's due for a game, right? You would think so. I don't love his line. I, I, I just don't love Pittsburgh's offensive line. He, everything just looks so hard for their offense. And, you know, I love Najee, but everything always just looks so hard for them. I don't like any either quarterback in this matchup. I think, uh, you know, really what it will come down to most likely is which quarterback turns the ball over. And if you ask me to pick which is more likely to do that, I think it's Trubisky. Uh, Jacoby, for all of his faults, you know, he won't really push the ball up the field much, but he's not a big turnover machine from what I can, you know, remember. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, let's uh let's carry on to our next game. Cause I'm, the, while the AFC North matchups really intrigue me, and while I like the divisional plays, I'm not gonna act like Steelers Browns is gonna intrigue many listeners. So, uh, but what will intrigue many listeners is Chief Colts. And if you didn't, you should go on to Bet for the Win, or I believe it was Swamp for the Win, and go go read Prince's Week Two recap. It's great. And I'm pretty sure he's going to call Indy frauds here. And I kind of like Indy. So I guess we'll see. <laughs> really? um, so the, and I don't, I don't like them much. It's just, they've, they've had two, two division home game or road games. And I think those are hard to win. And, but we'll, we'll get into it. So the line is at six and a half minus minus one ten either way. Mm-hmm. The Colts are at home. It's their first game at Lucas oil. The total is set at 49 and a half. It's one ten either way. So everything's pretty even money. And then, uh, the Colts are plus 230 on the money line, and that's obviously as it should. So let me give me your thoughts first before before I go into mine. All right. So disclaimer, I love the Colts coming into this season, and that's probably why I'm so disappointed in them right now. Uh, they were my clear-cut favorites to win the South. And, you know, opener, they crap the bed against the Texans, then come out and just get destroyed by the Jaguars. No Michael Pittman in week two. I understand that was a huge deal for them. But what that revealed to me is just how bad the other receivers are. I know Matt Ryan's taking a lot right now. I've seen Wash thrown around. I watched parts of that game. I didn't think he looked that bad outside of that one first half interception that I have no clue what that was. It was just kind of like a punt that he threw. Um but outside of that, I just didn't think he had anywhere to throw the ball. I don't think the Colts have good receivers outside of Michael Pittman Jr. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor is a weapon. Um, but but it's concerning that I thought the defense was going to be solid, and Jacksonville kind of was able to get some things done against them there too. Obviously, the turnovers help. Um, Kansas City might run up the score on these guys. I think Kansas City might win this game by 20-plus points. Yeah, I have a real problem with betting against Kansas City because they get you a line and they put them as a road dog and you know they're going to be a public favorite. So it's like X, Y, and Z. It like fits my perfect mold of why I would bet against them. But it's always so hard because I'm probably going to give out Colts as a strong play for me. And I just know deep down I'm going to play it, listeners. But <laughs> it's just tough to be like, if, if the Chiefs win by 30, you're just going to be like, well, I listen to that idiot because it, it just feels like that sometimes. So the Chiefs won two straight games. They covered one of them. Obviously, they covered uh, – they didn't cover against the Chargers, and then they covered – what was that? Who was their week one? The Cardinals. Cardinals. They crushed the Cardinals. They looked unstoppable, and then they did not cover against the Chargers. That was, I believe, three and a half. Yeah. So – and as, as Prince already alluded to, the Colts were probably the biggest disappointment in both week one and two, especially since it was like offseason. It was like, hey, we're getting Matt Ryan over Carson Wentz, former MVP. He's going to be a stud. So the offense did look horrible without Michael Pittman Jr. But they do have probably a top 15 offensive line, and I expect that to start being able to get figured out. It's kind of the same thing I see with my Bengals is when you have different moving pieces, when you put in a new quarterback, a couple new offensive linemen, you ha- start to have like that uh, that miscommunications early on in the season. And I'm I'm not sold that that means that they're a bad team. I mean, when you look at they tied the, the Texans, they were able to get Jonathan Taylor involved early and often. He had 32 carries, but last week he had he had nine, and that's going to be on the Colts. They even if you're playing from behind, which they were only down, I believe seven nothing after the first. Even if you're playing from behind, he's got to be more involved than that. And 
honestly, it kind of goes back to like the Titans last night as if you have Derrick Henry, you have to utilize Derrick Henry. Well, if you have Jonathan Taylor, you have to utilize Jonathan Taylor. And I think they're going to figure it out. I still have hope that they're going to be a good team. And I know everyone was high on them early on in the season. So it's hard to use last season's data, but in reality for betting trends, it's really, it kind of is what you need to use. So they were five and two against the spread last season following a loss. Usually they bounce back well. And the Kansas City was four and four as road favorites. So it's a spot they were in frequently. The the Chiefs are going to be a huge public favorite. And the Colts are going to be public dogs, especially after how they looked last week. But I think a lot of that could have been Pittman's absence, could have been them just trying to figure things out. And then being down 17 nothing could have been probably them just throwing in the bag then. I will admit them throwing up a donut was pretty concerning. But uh, yeah. I, I do believe they'll figure it out eventually. I think they're a good team. Yeah, I I will say that I, I think eventually. I mean, look, I said that they were my favorites to win the South, and who's going to win it if they don't? Right? No one in that division looks good right now. I mean, outside of Jacksonville, you know, beating the Colts, um, the Titans got destroyed last night. So, I mean, I think the Colts eventually will get it together and probably come out in that division. I just think this is a tough matchup early in the season while they are still trying to figure it out. Uh, you got the Chiefs coming in. The Chiefs probably feel lucky to have come out of that game against the Chargers with a win. They very easily could have lost that game. So I think they'll probably be a little more focused, clean up some of the things that went wrong there because Patrick Mahomes could have finished that game with three, four interceptions. Um, Chargers defense to me is better than than the Colts, at least right now. I think the Colts defense has has the potential to be pretty good. Um, we haven't seen it yet. And so yeah, and they, they have that, a lot of players that haven't really shown like Ngaku, uh, the Forrest Buckner, I mean, Stephon Gilmore, they've played all right, mm-hmm. but they haven't really put it together either. Like when you're giving right. up, what, an average of 22 to the Texans and Jags, that's just something that must be fixed, especially when you're going against the Chiefs. Exactly. And so, yeah, I think, you know, while they, while they figure out, hopefully they get it together this week, because if not, I, like I said, I think they might get blown away here. Especially, I don't know what Michael Pittman's status is, but um, Jonathan Taylor, you mentioned – you know, he, he is a weapon. And when he, they give him the ball, he averaged six yards per carry in, in those nine carries. He only got nine carries, but he, he was he was good in those carries. Um, but once they get behind, you know, they can't really use him. He's not a weapon anymore. And, and now it's on Matt Ryan. And who is he throwing the ball to outside of Pittman? That's that's the tough part. And, I mean, if at the same time, I think everyone says this, not everyone can be Tom Brady, you know. So when it gets to a certain age, I get it. Matt Ryan was a former MVP, and I still think Matt Ryan has some left in the tank. But at what point are we going to be like, all right, buddy, you're 37 years old. Like, it might it might be time. Like, it might be time to hang it up. Um, they should give I'm not sure if that time's yet. I would, like to, I would like to see them get blown out this game to really be like, all right, the Colts are horrible. I mean, if they lose 42-7 at home, coming off a loss to the Jags, maybe the Jags are better than we thought. Maybe the AFC South is just going to be a little more competitive than we thought. I mean, me and Jeff went over this all the time last year is when you're going to have like Bills, Texans in week 15, and it's a 20-point spread. You got to remember that the Texans are getting paid millions to play football as well. And they're they're grown men that were drafted into the league. So like, they're going to try to play a competitive game that's kind of how I feel with this is the Colts the Colts have those expectations and when when you're at home with your home fans in your home locker room I expect a better showing especially as they build that camaraderie with each other now I might seriously eat those words but (laughs) I mean you 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 are having the opinion of the Colts that I had going into week one and I, I, I hopefully hope to come back around like next week they get the Titans 
division game, that's when they should really show us who they are. Uh, this is a tough one. Chiefs, Chiefs get coming off a, a couple extra days of rest here too. I don't know. I don't know what the record is of teams, you know, coming off that Thursday game uh, going into Sunday, but um, that can't hurt. Yeah, yeah, yep. Get some injuries wrapped up. So, uh, no, I completely agree. All right. So, uh, what what were you on for that one? Because I'm gonna end up taking it, but I'm only gonna take it if the Colts, if it's by a field goal, but or by a touchdown. But I honestly do assume that this could get to seven and a half, eight before kickoff because the money's going to be raining in on the Chiefs here. Yeah, it is. And and at six and a half, I like the Chiefs. If it gets to eight, if it gets to eight or or yeah. I, I would I would second guess it. Um only because the Colts are at home. I could I could see, you know, some some a late cover in that situation. I like the over for sure though. All right, cool, cool. All right, so let's move on. We got another game. This is gonna be the best game of the day, right? Buff Buffalo, Miami, best game of That's the whole it. weekend. Yep. Um total or the spread is set at minus five and a half for the Bills, especially after last night. So it's even money, minus 110 both ways. The over-under set at 53.5. I think this is pretty fair line. I will say Bill's going on the road, taking 5.5 points. Feels tough for me to get behind, but how can you really say that they're not the best team in the league? They're absolutely the best team in the league, and I foolishly picked the Titans on Monday night. Oh, I I I gave them out as well. So. Yep. And and I bet but you them, know what? So the, the Titans in the past have played the the Bills very well. Um this is a different Bills team. This this <laughs> this team is a juggernaut. They they they're the real deal. And everyone knew that coming into the season, right? They were my Super Bowl pick despite how short the odds were. Um because they are so loaded. I think they can be beat on the outside defensively. I I don't, you know, love love their cornerback play. Um, but it almost doesn't matter because they can get to the quarterback, um, and those guys are solid enough to hold up, you know, long enough. Uh, we'll see what what uh, Tyreek Hill and, and Jalen Waddle can do against those guys. Um, but but I we you we, we this is the game of the week going in. I don't think it'll turn out to be the game of the week. I think Buffalo is going to handle them the same way they've handled everyone else. Yeah, and I don't have necessarily a best bet in this game. I'm going to be staying away from it because everything that I would bet is definitely going to be public doll is definitely going to be um probably i mean the public you know it, this one's obvious i mean we can talk about it on tuesday but you know they're going to be all over buffalo they're going to be all over the over it's hard for me to get there only because the the cornerbacks on one side of the ball and then the safeties on the other side and then you have the Miami team is the was the highest in pass rate over expectation in week one, they did a similar in week two. Um, to be honest, I, I I don't really know where I would play this game. I might play the under, and that's only because I think it's going to skyrocket to what was it 50, 52 and a half? And if this it's fifty three and a half, if this gets to fifty four, fifty five and a half, it, that's just going to get too high for me. Only because I I see Jordan Poyer and I see Micah Hyde, and I don't think that the the Dolphins are going to have the same success, not necessarily in just passing the ball, but getting the downfield passes that they love. I mean, uh, Tua was had 470 yards on 36 attempts. I mean, both Waddle and Hill had over 15 yards per catch. I just, I don't see that happening on Hyde and Poyer. Now, I will say, um, 
I know the Bills started a six-round pick in week one. Uh, I'm pretty sure they started the cornerback out of Florida in week two. I think there is going to be a learning curve for those guys. But if you can have your safeties providing that coverage over top, I just don't know if I can see the Dolphins necessarily getting to 24 or 27 points, especially with what we saw after the Titans last week. Absolutely. I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm on the under now at 43 and a half. I don't need to wait. I'm sorry. Was it 53 and a half? Yeah. I mean, um, that that's that's lofty. Yeah. I don't need to wait for the 54 just because, I, like I said, I think Buffalo's defense is so solid. I know, you know, we're, we're thinking of Miami's offense kind of in a, in a good light right now after what happened in Baltimore. But we got to remember Baltimore has some injuries, especially in that second half. Uh, it took Miami a while to get going. Uh, they might never get going against Buffalo. That That's how good these safeties are. Uh, Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. Von Miller's coming after Tua. We haven't seen Tua um, face the type of pressure that he's going to face in this game, especially now that there's some expectations here. Like, we, we kind of knew Miami was going to be a little better coming into the season, but after that game, all eyes are going to be on Miami. We'll see how they respond there. Um, and they have a good defense, too. I don't think they're necessarily going to uh, shut out Buffalo by any means. Um, but they'll, you know, they'll, they'll make things a little tougher for Josh Allen than the Titans did for sure. Um, and, and, and listen, uh, I know the, the bills blew out the Rams in the opener and, you know, there's questions about Matthew Stafford and his arm, and his elbow. Um, but that's a pretty good offense over there in LA, you know, and, 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 and they, the, the bills held them to 10 points and I'm not ready to sit here and say two is definitely better than Matthew Stafford. Um, so if, if, if they can kind of hold, you know, Cooper cup had his way in that game, but outside of him, no one else really, um, did anything. And, um, so maybe, maybe Miami gets a receiver or two going, but I I don't see them putting up more than 20, 24 points in this game. But I guess, I guess that's also my, the, the point at the same time is think about what the bills have done. I mean, they put up what 31 in the opener and then what was it? 42 last night. Uh, 41, 41 last night. 41. So they had 41. They had 24 points in the third quarter. Now they, they hit that over, but they, they didn't get close to week one opener. And it's really just because when you have a team that they, they both have solid defenses. I mean, the Rams had a solid defense and they still put up 31 points on them. Mm-hmm. Now, when it comes to, to the dolphins, the dolphins have a cornerback, probably like Ramsey. I might even consider Xavier and Howard at that level. I mean, he was an all pro once he's, he's going to be able to at least get to the point where, Allen might have to go to Gabriel Davis or go to Isaiah McKinney. Now, when you also have Byron Jones on the other side, he's he's maybe not as good as Howard, but he's going to be very solid as well. And I think it was hard for them to um, control Lamar Jackson, but that wasn't because Lamar Jackson was hitting all these deep shots. I mean, they started the game off up 7 nothing with that uh, kick return. So yeah. it wasn't all just the Rams just running over them and just being just this superior alpha team. It was really just... The Dolphins were getting a little unluckily. Uh, Jackson ran for a long touchdown. I mean, it, it kind of happens. Sure, it is uh, unacceptable, but I do think their defense is better than we give them credit for. Um, I agree. And I think that both teams seem a little bit one-dimensional. Neither team can really run the ball, so I expect those solid secondaries to kind of be able to ball out a little bit and uh, show their value. That's a good point, actually. Neither team really runs the ball very well. And I don't know if this is the game where where either is going to really get it going. So, um, which kind of actually plays towards the over because we might have a lot of <laughs> clock stoppages here, and you know, a yeah, lot of a lot time of just kind of waiting for points to, to get run up. So, yeah, this is a tough game to bet. 
it's it's a tough game to bet. If I had to, if I had to pick, I'm definitely leaning towards the under, and I like Buffalo to cover. Um, but it's Miami at home. Division games are always always weird. Um, so this is this is probably a better game to stay away from, honestly. Yeah, I think part of my other point is is if like if your defense gave up 17 combined points in a full game to the Titans and the Rams, how I mean. They only hit the over last night because they put up 41, which is like not unheard of in an NFL game, but rare at least. So, uh, so yeah, the under something I'm definitely going to be hitting and partially is like, well, everyone's going to be on it. This will probably be the most bet game of the week. So, uh, I think it's definitely a game. I'm, I'm going to love to watch it. It'll probably be my favorite game of the week. Yeah. Also, they hit, they hit that over by themselves. They put up 41 points because Tennessee couldn't get going offensively. They just kept, they, they had the ball so long. I don't know what the time of possession was, but I'm pretty sure it's, it's leaned heavily in Buffalo's uh, favor. I'm not sure that'll be the same, same. Uh, and it was partially because Tannehill, I mean, maybe people still think he's good, but I mean, he threw that pick six and, and that's the other reason that I think it could be hard for Miami to really get going is like the, Tremont Edmonds and Matt Milano are underrated parts of that defense. I mean, their linebacking core is elite. And then you have Von Miller rushing the quarterback. I mean, two is not going to efface the defense like this before. So he's not going to put up 38 points. I mean, Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey were both on the injury report, the final injury report for the Ravens. So they, I mean, even if they did get burnt, they weren't a hundred percent. Now you can probably say that about every team every week, but those are your number one, number two cornerbacks who did play, who may not have been a hundred percent who could be going against the best wide receiver duo in the league. And I think that's just kind of not overrating what Miami did, but I I think they're going to have a a much tougher time getting those big plays against the Bills. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm I'm actually looking at last year's results. Uh, Buffalo (laughs) Buffalo kind of handled Miami last year. It's a new Dolphins team this year, though. It's a new team. Yeah, fins up. I'm cool with I'm cool with being Finns fans this year, but they come to they come to Cincinnati. I'll probably be at that game uh next Thursday. So Nice. You got anything else you like the under? I like the under. It'll probably end up being like 35 30. Yeah, I uh No, I think uh yeah, I think I'll stick with, with, with that. All right. Let's keep it going though. We got another fun game on the docket. We're we should have been um now that I look at it, we're talking four divisional matchups today. This is thrilling. So we got Lions, Lions, Vikings, and this this line, it, it almost feels like a trap line because it's so baffling. So the Lions are one and one. The mm-hmm. Vikings are. I know they lost last night. Did they win or lose their opener? Do you remember? Uh, the Vikings beat the Packers. All right. Cool. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So they're one and one. Both teams are one and one. So Lions are going to the Vikings. The Vikings are 6.5 point underdogs. The total is set at 53 and a half. I think everyone's going to be on the Vikings. I actually have no idea how the betting splits would play out for this game. I know I what I'm going to yeah. play. Yeah, but let me let me hear what you're going to play cuz I this game's hard this game's hard to gamble on in my opinion. I don't think you can bet against the Lions the Lions at six and a half. Yeah, I've always had a rule never to bet on the Lions, just as a general rule. Um, they kind of, they kind of. Uh, it's a strong rule. It's a strong. Last year, though, they they I think proved that they're a pretty good team to pick. Uh, you know, to cover like like they against the spread. The, the Lions are incredible against they're two and zero against the spread this year, and. I like them. I like them here. You know, uh, maybe I'm overreacting to them beating a bad Washington team, and they made they, they made 
Washington, they, they made light work of Washington. Like the, that, that game didn't even seem fair. And I was surprised because I picked the commanders in that game. Um, and so maybe I'm overreacting a little bit and maybe that's why the line is so large. Maybe Vegas is anticipating that. Um, or maybe it was bet up uh, to six and a half. Oh, is it six and a half? Yeah, yeah six and yeah, a half. I, I don't know what it opened at. Maybe maybe the public is on the Vikings so hard that it moved to that already. But um, if that's the case, I especially like Detroit to cover. Um, I just think this is a tough team. Dan Campbell, he, he coaches the hell out of this team. Um, you know, Dude, them boys want to play for him. I'm telling you. I don't you. know what he's got. He's got <laughs> it. I don't know what he's got, but. Yeah, I can't tell. Are they good on defense? I don't know. But, you know, they make plays at, at the right times. You know, even in that opener against uh, Philadelphia, and they came. It looked like, you know, it was getting out of control, and they, they kept playing to the end and nearly came back in that one. Um, and then last week they got up early on Washington by, by a big amount, and they kind of let – the commanders work their way back into that game. But um, Minnesota, I don't want to over I, with Minnesota. I don't want to overreact one way or another. I don't want to overreact to their opener um, against the Packers because I think the Packers still had a lot to figure out offensively. So I, I don't want to give the Vikings too much credit for beating the Packers in that game. Um, but I also don't want to, I don't want to overreact to them losing to the, to the Eagles on a, Monday night because I think the Eagles are really good. Um, so I think the Vikings are probably somewhere in the middle of those two games. You know, I don't, I don't think they're necessarily great, but I don't think they're bad either. So um, I could see them putting up some points on Detroit here. I could see Justin Jefferson getting off and having a big game. Uh, I just don't think the Vikings, I, I think the Lions sneakily have some good weapons. I think they'll be able to score on Minnesota as well. I'm on Ross St. Brown is becoming a great prop pick just as as any time touchdown score. He's got a touchdown in six straight games dating back to last season. Uh, TJ Hawkinson is out there and DeAndre Swift. He had a big game uh, last week and, and, and I don't know if Minnesota is going to be able to keep up with all you guys. So I like Detroit to cover. um, And I think I like the over a lot in that game actually. Yeah. And given how Detroit's been playing on both sides of the ball, you kind of have to love the over. So the Vikings haven't lost at home to the Lions since 2017. I mean, home divisional games are kind of hard to lose as well, but it it doesn't matter if they win or lose here. It's about the six and a half. And the six and a half seems far too high for me against the Detroit team that stayed competitive. Now, we know Kirk Cousins chokes in prime time, but let's be honest, the, the Lions hung with the Eagles. I know they were getting blown out. They came back. They showed some resilience. The Vikings kind of just folded. I mean, they they didn't look great. They had they had their moments, but uh, I mean, they Kirk Cousins couldn't really even even force feed Justin Jefferson the ball. I mean, he was intercepted multiple times. So uh, so the Lions hung with a team that completely destroyed Minnesota on Monday Night Football, and then the the Lions were able to hang with that same team. So I think that goes to show more about just how good Jalen Hurts actually is, and yes. I think this Minnesota. Defense is probably a tad underrated. I mean, they did add a couple really nice pieces in Zendaria Smith and Harrison Smith, who may not have necessarily been able to, uh, I will, I want to say tame hurts for lack of a better word. Um, but at the same time, Swift and Brown have proved that they can be the real deal. I think sometimes deep down inside of me, it's hard to bet on Jared Goff, That's but I don't necessarily see a way that the Lions can't keep this within seven, even even a sneaky backdoor cover, because you know this team's not going to give up. I mean, what, they lose by three and then win by nine, and they lost by three to a team that beat the the snot out of the out of the um, Vikings, where they went by 17 or something, the Eagles. So 
That's a lot to say. I just I like the lines here. They have young, youth on the defense tie the ball with Hutchinson and Okuda, and then they they have some quick weapons offensively. So, uh, yeah, yeah, maybe that's who everyone was on. But I th- I think the public likes the Vikings too. So I would be shocked if everyone's just hopping on the Lions bandwagon now. It's possible, but you know a lot of people were down on, on Washington to begin with. So maybe people don't you know think the Lions win there was such a big deal. But that that game, I know it. I don't know if they ended up closing as favorites, but I know they were supposed to snap a streak of being underdogs in twenty six straight games or something crazy like that. Um, so you know the Lions are finally starting to get some love here. Jared Goff is that's the one thing that he's the he's the one thing that kind of scares you whenever you pick the Lions, uh, but. Like you said, I don't see how to, how they don't put up some points on Minnesota. And also, you know, Kirk Cousins kind of gives me that feeling at times too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I almost uh, – so I almost bet them last week. And then Jeff, who is typically – used to be my co-host. He's on Outkick now. He was like, um, you know, Kirk Cousins' primetime record, right? And against the spread, it was something crazy. It was like 1-8 and or something. Like 0-7, something – Something crazy, I forget it, but yeah, yeah. Kirk Cousins definitely gives you similar vibes. Yeah, I don't want to, you know, I don't, I don't want to necessarily put him in the same category as golf. That's not what I'm, what I'm trying to do, but I think you get the point. Like he, you know, he threw three picks last night against the Eagles or Monday night against. The and Eagles, I guess so. with sports betting, sometimes too, it's like you want to look back and not feel like an idiot. Like when I when we go to the window, which is like our last segment where we give out our best bets, and I tell you to take Colts plus seven. I am going to bet Colts plus seven, but you also can't really be like, oh, well, Patrick Mahomes beat a Colts team that's lost two, basically lost two straight divisional games. He beat them by 40, and you can't really get mad at at, at that. Yeah. You just have to get mad at yourself for being like, oh, I took it, but I don't know. Yeah, um, you, you placed the bet. That was kind of where I'm at Where I'm at in this game too. Is I, I, I like the Lions, but I, I guess we'll see. I guess my one last point is I, I'm pretty I was pretty disappointed watching that Monday night football game, how teams get down and then they kind of a if you center your whole team around a running back or around a, a style of play, you have to play that way. Yeah. I mean the, the Titans did it, the Vikings did it, the Colts did it. So if you get down early and you can't get down Dalvin Cook had six carries. If you tell me Dalvin Cook has six carries, I'm gonna tell you the Vikings lose by seventeen. Yeah, well, that's my issue. Is it's not so much that they abandon it; it's it's how soon they do it. Like it's they only lost by seventeen. You know, it's like it's not not like the game got out of hand. Uh, you know, I think the the score was the, the final score was what the score was at halftime. They very easily could have came out in the second half and kept running the ball and and made a made a run. But yeah, I, yeah, I, I get are. annoyed by teams that abandon the run, and I think it's almost a coach's mindset going into the game. I think they. I think that's probably the game plan. Like, hey, they're going to expect us to run, so we're going to pass. And then, well, they and brought then in once they new... get down, then they're really committed to that. Yep, they brought in their new coach. And, like, honestly, I'm, I'm not against the new coach, but when Kirk Cousins has 46 pass attempts and you have 11 carries when you have an all-pro on your team, it feels like that's unacceptable. And that's another reason why maybe, maybe their new head coach isn't always cracked up to be, whereas you have Dan Campbell on the other side who might be like, Hey, I'm going to let my coordinators do their job and I'm going to, I'm going to coach the hell out of these guys and they're going to play for me. So, uh, a lot of that to say, I like the lines here. Yeah. Same. Uh, not to go back to another game, but Colts did the same thing. 
you know, yep. Jonathan Taylor, nine carries, and 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 it was only like a two score game at halftime or something like that. Yes, sir, let's uh, so let's carry on. We got Green Bay at the Bucks. It's minus two and a half for Tampa Bay. You can get this at other sports books. Tipico doesn't have the odds right now. I believe I'm gonna insinuate that's because of Mike Evans suspension. Likely. I don't know that for a fact, but I think that's why. Um, but we're going to handicap it like it's two and a half. I I don't know what the over-under is, but I think it, the under is going to hit. I'm not going to give anything out in this game as a best bet, partially because I don't have the over-under line straight in front of me from Tipico. So, uh, But I just see an elite secondary and a front that has the most sacks in the NFL for Tampa Bay and then – Evans being out on the other side of the ball, so that limited playmaking, maybe Julio's not even 100%. And Tom Brady doesn't really look like that guy. Mm-hmm. He just looks like he's going to be more of a game manager right now than like a winner. So he'll coast to the playoffs and then hopefully turn into that winner. But um, I'm probably going to go under in Bucks. The Bucks were 8-2 as home favorites last year. Doesn't really help a ton, but helps to, helps to back why, why a field goal is the difference here. Hey man, people gotta people gotta feel good uh, listening to this here to, to get some good consensus. Cause I'm with you again. I I, I had under and bucks written down. Um, yeah, the, hey, it's, it's bad. Sometimes it's bad. Sometimes it's good. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. But then neither team has hit the over in in any any of their games this uh, season. The uh, the under has hit in both games for the Packers and for the Bucks. Um, you know, Green Bay kind of got it going a little bit against the bears there in week two, but it was the bears, right? Like we can't, we can't really put too much stock into that. The bucks defense has actually been very good um, at the start of this season. So I don't think Aaron Rodgers with the weapons that he has, and, you know, still trying to figure some things out there. I don't think they're necessarily going to come into this game on the road and light up the bucks. But um, on at the same time, Tom Brady isn't going to have Mike Evans. Julio Jones is potentially injured and a step slower. Uh, Leonard Fournette did promise his fantasy manager, uh, fantasy owner, some uh, touchdowns this week. So we'll see how that goes on his side. But um, that would be very helpful if Tampa could get the running game going. But Green Bay's defense, you know, they defend very well. They have some, uh, they have some dudes over there, man. Um, so I think the defense is uh, pretty much defined this game. And I and and I'll go, I'll roll with the home team to to, to cover a field goal. Yeah, no, I feel, it. I feel it. Uh... I think I'm going to carry right on, unless you got anything else on that one? No, that's it. All right, let's go Rams-Cardinals. This will be a fun last game to talk about. So this will be our last one. It's uh, Cardinals plus 3.5 at home, over-under set at 49.5. I've been on the Cardinals for two straight weeks, and I'm going to be on the Cardinals for a third straight week. The Rams are 0-2 against the spread, and honestly, letting that Falcons team get back into the game was pretty as, as unimpressive as it comes, whereas the Cardinals flipped the script. They looked impressive, so... Let me read this real quick. But the Cardinals are plus three and a half and the over under set at 49 and a half. So the Cardinals are at least one and one at the spread. And the Rams defense is allowing 29 points per game. I get some of that was against the Bills. But but the other 27 was against a Falcons team that, sure, maybe they're better than expected. But I'm going to chalk the Saints game up to the Saints safeties kind of learning how to figure it out. And then this past game up to maybe just the Rams aren't as good without Von Miller. But all I know is that both receivers went over... Both number one receivers over the past two games against the Rams have gone over 85 yards. So um, I like Marquise Brown to get loose. I like Marquise Brown. I know he hasn't, uh, he didn't necessarily get the work they were hoping him to get in week one, but he did in week two, he got 11 targets. So uh, 
I think if it's anything over 72 and a half, I'm going to be playing the Marquise Brown over. And I think that's probably one of my favorite bets of the week. But uh, I guess we'll we'll see. I, I do like the Cardinals here, though. Yeah, I don't love this game. I'll be honest with you, Nathan. I'm I'm having a hard time getting a read on either one of these teams. Like, cause does, does it concern you that Arizona got down in the first place the way they did to to Vegas? What was it, twenty four nothing? Yeah, at least at least twenty nothing at half. Cause I was watching that game. Oh, I I actually want to let the listeners know I had I personally took the under fifty one in that game, under fifty one and a half, Oof. and it was twenty one to four. 15, 16, it was 21 to, no, they got 2.15. Yeah. Yeah, it was yep. 21 to 15, or 23 to 15, geez. Sorry about that, 23, 15. And then they got the touchdown, got the two point, and then after each team gets a gets a possession in overtime, you're like, oh, they're just going to, they're going to kick a field goal to end it out, and that would have been awesome. No, they, they get that, they go to 52 points. That was just a horrible bad beat. I just wanted to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, it hurt me tough. this whole weekend. been thinking about that this whole weekend, but yeah. Otherwise, uh, I, I mean, I think I think both teams are concerning, and I think it's kind of like a almost like who who's going to be the more legit side. I I think the only problem I have is when I watch the Cardinals, it's just like I love Kyler Murray, but he's short, and yeah. I think when Aaron Donald's rushing at you with those huge arms, it could be a problem when they're rushing him like batted balls, and I mean those are really possession killers. So, uh, I I definitely have my concerns with how how Arizona plays as well. Yeah, if you if you twist my arm here, I'd I'd probably go the other way. Um, I I keep waiting for the Rams to kind of be this thing that I think they're supposed to be. Maybe just looking at last season, um, I think Matthew Stafford. I think he I think he misses a uh, OBJ. I think he needs another another weapon out there because um, Cooper Cup is still doing Cooper Cup things. Um, but you know they got it going. They got it going against the Falcons. It, it didn't look good to kind of let Atlanta back into that thing. But I, I think if they can carry some of those offensive vibes over into this game, Arizona, you know, I, I don't think much of their defense. Um, and on the same token, I, I like LA's defense. I like some of those pieces, but they are thin, right? They're top heavy. You mentioned Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey has kind of been hot and cold uh, recently. And uh, so I think Arizona can put up some points on these guys. So if, if, if probably my favorite bet from this game is the over, I, I think I like the over. Yeah. And the Rams have one of the work or the, the bills have one of the worst secondaries. I mean, I like Buda Baker, but they, they got absolutely torched by the chiefs. So uh, I, I mean, I also like Matthew Stafford in that offense. So the offense hasn't lost too much and Allen Robinson should get more involved and be more of a factor. So no, I, I agree. I like that. All right, cool. I don't know if you have any. I didn't really prep you for this, but we're going to go to our window. It's our one segment. We give out our best bets. If you have any written down, I probably should have warned you. <laughs> I have four. Oh, wow. You got you got a bunch over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you don't have to have any, but it's kind of where we give them. They hear our best ones. We recap it. So uh, I'm going to play a little intro. The Bet Slipping Podcast. Going to the window. All right. Here we are. I got four, two sides, two totals. If you want to give some, I'll give my two totals, and then we can see what you got, and then I'll give my two sides. So I got um, Bills Dolphins under 53 and a half, and then I have Brown Steelers under 38 and a half. 38 is tough because it was 40 and a half when I wrote this down, but I'll give out 38 and a half since that's what it's at. Do you have any you liked more than anything else? 
I'll wing it here a little bit because I, I wasn't. Uh, I, I think yeah, I do yeah. have some that I like a little more than others. Can I can I dive into a game we didn't really discuss? Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. I, I love the under in uh, Cowboys Giants on Monday night, thirty nine and a half. It's a very low line, but um, you know the, the, the Giants uh, are going to struggle against Dallas's defense, I think. And then Dallas is rolling Cooper Rush out there, who's looked kind of impressive, but um, I like what the Giants are doing right now. So I like that one. And then I like the over in, um, in Rams-Cardinals. I think those teams are going to light it up. All right, I'm cool with that. So I like those two. So my other two sides are Lions plus seven, and uh, I'm going to play Colts plus seven. And I swear to every listener, I'm going to play that. You don't have to fail <laughs> it, but I'm going to play it. All right, but that's all we got this week. Prince, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. Uh, do you have any parting words? No, thanks for having me, Nathan. We got to do this again, man. Definitely, to, we'll, we'll, we'll catch up and discuss our picks here. But, uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Yes, sir. We'll link back up. All right. Thank you for everyone. You guys have a good rest of your week. Happy betting. All right. See you. Bye.